We've been talking uh, a lot. Oh, my goodness. The amount of different areas and nooks and crannies that we have gotten into in the first two hours of the show. It's the fastest, uh, the fastest three hours. It's going to be the fastest three and a half hours today. Uh, and we're focused lately on uh, the Jets and Woody Johnson and his comments this week and how much blame does Woody deserve for the failures of the Jets and all these type of things. Um, I, I did want to kind of mix in the Giants here as well because, as I've said before, the Giants are the more fascinating team this offseason than the Jets. Now, I say that not knowing the future. The Jets, I'm sure, as I brought up before, yes, the Giants are more fascinating right now because of all the different decisions they have to make. But in a week, uh, Aaron Rodgers will go online somewhere and talk about his thoughts on Bigfoot. And then, all of a sudden, and then we'll go down that rabbit hole. But the Giants are the more, because they have so much to do. And it, it really feels like it's hard to envision that they're going to get a lot of this solved in one off season. But one of the things they have to figure out is the Saquon Barkley situation. What, what to do, right? He's a free agent again. He was franchised this past year. And, and now what path do you take if you're the New York Giants? And I was listening to uh, Jordan Ronan's uh, Breaking Big Blue podcast, and he talked with Saquon. And... But the question's there. What, what do you do if, the, if you're the Giants? What does Saquon want to do? And to me, this is clear. It's pretty clear what the Giants should do. It's pretty clear what Saquon can do. And it's admirable that Saquon has been publicly saying that he wants to be a Giant for life. But it really feels like that that decision is more about his his post-football career and setting himself up for whenever he does retire. He wants to be that he wants to be in New York. He wants to be in the media. He wants to be like Eli Manning or Strahan or Tiki or he wants to be the next in line. And I would say it's clear for him that he should want to do and go someplace where he's going to win something. Like, don't you, don't you want to win something in your career? Don't you want to have success outside of one season a year ago? And it's kind of hard to envision big-time success happening here. So if he is able to go out and, and get a contract someplace more than for one year or more than the, the, whatever the Giants would be willing to offer him in terms of guaranteed money, he should absolutely go for it. He should absolutely leave. And, and don't worry about your, your post-football career. And don't worry about being the next Eli Manning or the next Michael Strahan. And, and see if you, I, I mean, I think part of the reasons why those guys are set up the way they are is because they had success on the field. And it's very hard to envision uh, Saquon having that kind of success on the field. It happening here. It could happen someplace else. But I don't think it's going to happen here. And, and from the Giants' point of view, if the Giants pay a running back $12 million, when they have the cap situation that they have and the amount of issues that they have on offense, they need to have their heads examined. I get it. Last year, they were kind of prisoners of the success that they had. You, you had to bring back Daniel Jones because there were no real other options that you felt like you could get. And you had success in year one, and you were in the playoffs, and you won a playoff game. How are you going to move off a quarterback that you drafted yourself? You have to, you have to bring him back. And, and now it's clear that was a mistake. And you had to do the same thing with, with Saquon last year. You had to bring him back. You had success. You were hoping to build on that. He was a big part of the success on offense. So I get it. 
you didn't want to go too deep into it. You didn't want to give him a long-term deal, so you, you, you franchise him, you bring him back for $10 million. Okay, so be it. You're not prisoners, prisoners of those moments anymore. You did not have this. It was right back to square one. And it feels like going into year three, you're just starting the rebuild here if you're Joe Shane. And that rebuild cannot start with pay, paying a running back, even one as good as Saquon is when he's healthy, which is not nearly often enough, $12 million. That That would be insane. The Giants need basically everything on offense outside of left tackle. And, and for Joe Shane, we talk all this time, a perfect example as well. Like, how much blame does the head coach get? How much blame does the GM get? During the season, plenty of blame for the head coach. Now that we're into the offseason, Joe Shane is going to be spending a good chunk of his offseason this year fixing his own mistakes. He's not fixing Dave Gettleman's mistakes anymore. Now he's fixing his own. And I was reading uh, Dan Duggan, who writes for The Athletic. He has a, a piece about the Giants' salary cap situation, which is not, it's not terrible. I think they're like 17th in, in terms of uh, available cap space, and they do have a, a bunch of picks this year, so this is a big offseason. But th- that, that article or that piece should have come with like a trigger warning. There was one line that the Giants have half the amount of cap space that they had a year ago, but a year ago that cap space quickly vanished because they signed Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And that Daniel Jones contract, like it's been pointed out so many times that they can get out of it after the second year, but to to help themselves out this year, they would have to restructure his deal that impacts the future of it as well. So it would be more dead money after next season. So uh, the Giants are a fascinating team. They got a lot to clean up and a, a good portion of it is on this GM. But it, it, just to get back to the Saquon thing, I don't think that you can make it worse by by saying, hey, let's bring back Saquon and, and, and sign him. You didn't sign him to a long-term contract last offseason. That's not going to happen. I don't think that you could afford to to franchise him again at $12 million for a running back. There's like three running backs in the entire sport who make more money than that. And it would be one thing if the Giants were simply that one piece away. They are not one piece away. They are many pieces away. And we talk about all the time how crazy it is that the Jets are deciding to run things back and the Jets are running things back. The Giants deciding to run things back with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, that, that would be even crazier. That would be even crazier than the Jets running things back. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1130, what I learned on TikTok, which that one caller today said he loved. We got one. We got one. We got one of them. D is in Queens. D, what's going on, man? Listen, when Woody Johnson talks, half the time I want to smack him. Football stuff on the football field and off. That okay. being said, bro, he is a wild dude because everybody knows that Zach Wilson is his brainchild. And mo- like, and Robert wait, 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 wait. But, D, before you go on, this idea that Woody Johnson single fingered out and pointed out Zach Wilson to be the second pick in the draft as if he would not have been drafted second with whatever team was picking second is a stretch. He was going to go second. If he didn't go second, he would have went third. He was was going to be a very highly drafted quarterback that year. Which made no sense. Look, I I don't know. Uh, I think that that if they had drafted Trey Lance, that one would have been far more baffling than than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was going to be that the second quarterback off the board that year. Hmm? Which made no sense. 
This made that no one sense. made no sense. I'll agree with the the the, the Trey Lance one, but Zach both, Wilson, it was both. both. Well, we know both that now, D. We know that now, no, but are you D? Are you telling me that if Zach Wilson had been drafted by the 49ers, he would have been as bad as he is? He is not good, and I don't think. Would would he have been as bad in that situation as as he was here with the Jets? I think he's terrible. Okay, so you think he would have been terrible no matter what, even going to the great situation of San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and that offense and the system, all that type of stuff. He would have still been as terrible. I agree. We know that now. We did not know that then. And and NFL teams did not know that then. This idea that, but see, here's the thing. Woody Johnson did not say, hey, you know what? I really like that Zach Wilson kid. Make sure you draft him. He was going second in the draft, and if he didn't go second, he would have went third. I, 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 I get it. It's all based on the results now. So now we're going to make it out like Woody Johnson single handedly was the reason why Zach Wilson was drafted second. I get it. He turned out to be terrible. And chances are, wherever he goes, he will be terrible. And maybe he was just going to be a bust no matter where he went. But I think that at least some of the culpability is not just the decision to draft him, but the people they surrounded him with, the coaching they surrounded him with, the weapons that they surrounded him with. I think that in a different situation, Zach Wilson might have had a different outcome. I'm not telling you he would have been a pro bowler. I'm not telling you he would have been Brock Purdy. But I think it would have been different. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, what's going on? Oh, God. Good good morning, Gordon. Shout out to the company. And just, you know, to, to all the callers, you know, like D, Buddha, and everyone else, don't worry. We They all know the situation, too. They're just, you know, ha- having fun at for the show expense because – the whole thing is, is you know, I, I will agree. If Woody hires the right people, they can, you know, actually have some success. And that's kind of where it comes to, you know, good ownership and bad ownership. Because what it seems like here is, to me, I I, I kind of point the finger at, you know, Woody kind of getting impatient. He kind of saw his early success, got to the playoffs early, and started, you know, and wanted to, get to that, you know, quick, quick, quick way to the Super Bowl. And when we got to the AFC championships, he kind of, you know, pretty much got, got very impatient and started making and started making moves where Mike Tannenbaum got fired and then Rex Ryan would eventually get fired. And then we go through this whole hiring firm where we hire Todd Bowles and Mike McCagden and we saw how that turned out. And then we go on with Adam Gates and et cetera, et cetera. So it becomes this long, miserable route. It's just that when it comes to, you know, and the reason that people feel like we're blaming Woody Woody Johnson is because this is the classic, everything points to the signs of classic of an owner kind of over micromanaging. And it kind of sucks that we're in this situation at Jeff Benz. But until he actually hires someone that can actually kind of stand up to him and not be not being a first-time GM and not being a first-time coach, 
we're going to kind of see this same scenario in the situation where we're going to start looking like your team, Gordon, like the Dolphins. And I know that you don't think that we're we're on the same playing field and your misery is more more than ours, but I, I, I it, it's, it, it's been going way too bad for far too long, and that's kind of what my point is. And okay. I hope you have a great one, guys. All right, Jose. Well, look, I'm not telling you that Woody Johnson has done a good job in hiring people or that he does not deserve some share of the blame. The buck ends, stops with him. He is the owner of the team. But it's funny to me that people want to just blame the owner. He should hire, He should just hire the right people as if it's, it's clear who the right people are to hire. The John Mara, his family, the entire his entire life, his team has owned the Giants. He has been in the football business his entire life. How has he done hiring coaches and hiring GMs here the last decade or so? Is he a bad owner? They have won Super Bowls with him as the owner. It's not as easy as it looks. And he gets the blame what hiring Dave Gettleman or, or, or Joe Judge. Yes, some of the blame is, is going to go to the owner when you make the wrong hires. But to me, more of the blame goes to the people who are more directly involved in the on-the-field product, the coach and the GM. And I will make this prediction right now. If the Jets, say the Jets don't make the, whenever the Jets make their next coaching change, they will 100% hire someone who has a resume. They will not hire a first-time head coach. It will not be somebody who's a coordinator or the hot assistant that year. It will be somebody who has a coaching pedigree. Because I think Woody does listen to the fans and does listen. And, 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 and I'll tell you right now, listen to Salah was, was praised when the Jets, that was like a coup that they were able to, when they got Joe Douglas, that was another, they were able to lure him away, Joe Doug, the great Joe Douglas, he's going to take over the Jets, this is a home run hire, and Woody put his money where his mouth was, signed him to a six-year contract, has it worked out? No. Is that because of Woody Johnson, or is that because of Joe Douglas? Is that because of, of, of Woody Johnson, or is that because of Robert Salah? This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. See this Bo Jackson story? Bo Jackson won a $21 million extortion case against his own family. I'm not sure of all the the specifics, but his family was trying to blackmail him for $20 million. But he took him to court and he won $21 million. Clearly, I'm not a lawyer, but if the people were trying to extort you for $20 million, they didn't have $20 million. So how are they going to be able to afford to pay him $21 million? Does that make sense to you, Joe, Harvey? How damages. Are- million dollars in damages. $21 million, but they, don't, they were extorting him for twenty. And he yeah, won mil- twenty one. It's a million dollars in oh, so you think damages. it just cancels it, 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 it just cancels each other out. Right. He pays them twenty for the extortion, and then he pay him back twenty plus one. Right. You know how yeah, angry that's the way it works. You know how angry you got to be at your family to take him to court for this. Well, they were trying to extort him for twenty million dollars. They were harassing him. Yeah. Do you know how crazy your family has to be to extort you for twenty million bucks? I guess you have to have twenty million bucks. Well, Bo knows. So. Bo does not. Did he ever get rid of those? Remember, he had like hiccups for like a year. 
He had a surgery for a procedure. Think about that. A procedure to just get hiccups. To get rid of the hiccups. Did he try holding his nose and drinking water? Is that a way? That is a way. Yeah. When you have hiccups, there's like a flap of skin in your throat that like when you're swallowing food, it covers up your air pipe. And when you're breathing, it covers up your food pipe. And that that little flap of skin, it gets like a spasm. And that's what hiccups are. So you have to like force it to pick a side. You have to force it to pick you a have side. To for, yeah, you have to force it to pick a side. So what you do is you hold your nose so you're not breathing, and then you drink water, and then it, it no, oh, it's like the hard reset. This fact it's alone the is- the control-alt-delete of your throat. This fact alone is better than any TikTok stuff you can have later today. No, you don't know, you don't know that. You don't, you don't know that for sure. Now he had hiccups for a year. Could you imagine having hiccups for a year? No, but now- How would you ever sleep? Aren't you supposed to, like, is another tactic to get scared and it would scare you straight? I, I don't know that that can work. Could this extortion be, you know, their scare tactic to try maybe. to get rid of the hiccups? That's a good, you know what? Maybe that's what his, his family was just trying to get him to get rid of his hiccups. That would drive you insane. A year. You know who also would drive? It would drive my wife insane because I would just be complaining about having, Maureen, I've had these hiccups for a year. How long would it take you to go to the doctor if you had hiccups? For like an extended period of time, like a week. I am such a hypochondriac. I would be there if I had hiccups for like an hour. I'd probably be at the doctor's office. I just wait and for him to come out for a year. I have a hard hiccups. You ever have that thing when you're sleeping and all of a sudden you feel like you're falling and you, uh, you jump for a second? That would be like that repeatedly happening. You just can, you can't sleep next to your wife. She's not going to put up with that. She might not put up with you after that either. No, no. Because you th- once I get rid of the hiccups, I would say, oh, finally. She used to be so sick of me talking about the hiccups, and all I would be talking about is the hiccups. But hopefully, I think Bo not only won the court case, I think he also got rid of his hiccups. It's a weird, it's a, for, for like a medical thing, hiccups, that doesn't sound right. Feels like it should have a more technical term for it than hiccups. No? Maybe it's just me. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We're talking about the hiccups that uh, the Jets have had. And uh, Woody Johnson, we're talking some Giants, some football. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN. 11.30, we'll do what I learned on TikTok, which will also not include anything about the hiccups. Column is in the Bronx. Column, what's going on, my man? Uh, what's going on, good times, Gordon? I, lo- I love the show so far. All right. I mean, the Jets stuff... It's. I feel like it's the same song and dance, but with the Giants, it's kind of it's kind of crazy with what we, we don't know what the Giants are going to do. I, you know, there's two options really with with the Giants, and I think with all organizations to build a to build a championship level team. You know, obvious the obvious option is getting an elite level superstar co- uh, quarterback. You get a Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. You get a. You get a you know Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that, but those are those are really not you know that there that up that options you know that often. The other option is you build an elite level team. You look at the Lions. The Lions don't have an exceptional uh, an exceptional quarterback, but they have a phenomenal offensive line, a phenomenal running game. They got two Pro Bowl players to catch the ball with Laporta and 
you know, um, St. Brown. So yep. it's like you have you have those two options. I think the Giants right now, you don't know what they're going to do because neither option is really viable right now. You're not going to build a strong team around Daniel Jones. So I think the only thing that's that's actually a chance is going out and going get, to try to get a quarterback in the draft, maybe move up. I don't know what they can do or can't do, but, you know, I think that's the only viable option right now to try to build something forward. Yeah, I hear you. It is, uh, it is and thanks for the phone call, Colm. Um, it, it is an interesting offseason. Uh, and if, if the goal is to do the opposite of what the previous regime did, well, the fact that we don't know what the Giants are going to do this offseason, that is the opposite of Dave Gettleman. When Dave Gettleman was there, when we got to the draft, we knew every single year what he was going to do. That first year with, with Saquon, we knew that they were taking Saquon at number two. We knew it was a mistake, at least most of us did, but we knew that that was going to be. The next year, we knew they loved Daniel Jones. We didn't necessarily know they were going to take him six. We thought maybe it might be 17, but we knew that they were going to take Daniel Jones. And then the following year, we knew they were going to take an offensive lineman at four. It was just a question of which one they liked the best, and, and at least that pick has turned out to uh, be a home run. Um, you know, the problem with taking the quarterback at six or move, I don't know that the Giants can afford to be trading away picks and the necessary capital that you would have to, tra- you would have to be trading future number ones to move up. I don't think they can do that. I don't think that that's a, that's a, a viable option. So, and unfortunately, if you're in year three and you have the sixth pick in the draft and you're not drafting a quarterback at some point, well, then what you're saying is you're, you're sticking with Daniel Jones and that's your guy. And if, you, if that's your guy, there's a good chance you might not get to pick your guy. So that has to be your guy. And I don't know how you can rely on him based on his injury history, what he's coming off this year. It's, it does really feel like a, a huge mess and, and a mess that takes more than an offseason to clean up. It does not – nothing felt good about the way the Giants season ended. And since it ended, uh, and you look at the future and the offseason, even though they have resources, they, they have a lot of picks and they have some, some cap space to go out, and it just seems like, boy, they need, a, they need a lot of stuff. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on? Well, congratulations. I heard you're moving to 3 o'clock. Yep, I'm moving to 3 o'clock. I'm taking over for the K-Show. All three guys, I'm taking over. No, I'm moving to 3 o'clock on Saturdays. Yes. No, I know you know, but I have to make sure that I'm clear because sometimes people don't listen completely. Well, some people listen, some people don't. A real just quick comment after reevaluating my call to you the other night when you said some Nick fans, obviously referring to myself and many others, probably the strongest uh, fan base in this town by a lot Yep, with all the divisions. And, uh, look, I understand injuries occur, but uh, you're almost better off. I'm not making an excuse. I, I would prefer no injuries, but to get them now instead of the end of March is, uh, could oh, turn clearly. out to be positive. And, and really, a further analysis, I watch Cleveland here and there because I'm the best NBA guy, but uh, I looked over there since January 4th, there's something like 22 and 2, some ridiculous number, and they beat Milwaukee twice, once without Giannis, and otherwise I think there are only two teams over 500 and, and both of them were on back-to-backs with travel. So I think we handled uh, Cleveland pretty pretty good next year. So I don't really care 
again, on for, further examination, you get me to the second round this year and give me a good five, six, seven game series, Gordon. I'll wait another year. If I have another year, I'll wait another year. That's the way I feel about it. I'm not looking for a championship or or even a finals appearance. I just want some good, solid basketball. And I think one through ten, we may have overall the top best roster in the NBA. Not the best players, but the best roster. Do you see it that way? Yeah, I mean, they are deep. uh, And, Spike, thanks for the phone call. But deep is not generally what wins in the NBA. It's the top-level talent. Uh, and again, I think that the Knicks are, are set up well for the now and, and set up even better for the future. It all kind of depends on who that superstar is that they are eventually going to land either in the offseason or, or, or the start of next year. But for all the it's better to have the injuries now because you have time to get healthy. Yeah, that's true. But all the other team it's it's all the other teams issues, the Bucks issues, the Celtics issues, the the Sixers issues. They're all trying to get those things worked out in in the meantime too. It's going to depend on how healthy you are and it's just I get it. The Nick fan has been beaten down for so long and and there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. I just don't like the the um the expectations being set as they're definitely going to do they definitely they could I think they could get to the Eastern Conference final. I think that's a fair expectation to have after winning a playoff series last year. But just saying and and expecting that that will happen, I I think you got to take a little bit of a step back. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on? Uh oh, did we lose Richard? Yep. Yep. Richard. I'm sorry. I'm here, Gordon. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. I'm sorry. Gordon, LeBron James, 37 and a half minutes, four rebounds, 14 assists, 21 points. Nobody played like this in the NBA, 39 years old. It's unbelievable. But, you know, as good as L.A. is, they have two all-stars. And Sacramento has a four-game better record, and they have none. Now you're going to say Davis should be over uh, DeAndre Fox because they want height. Then you got to take some bonus. I mean, you can't have two two guys from one team, the team being much, you know, being a worse record than the Sacramento has no representatives. Anyway, that's why I noticed. Uh, St. John's and the Islanders, both big games. They both got to win today. St. John's got to beat Marquette. They got to get one game on, you know, a signature win. And the Islanders, if they want to make the playoffs, they got to beat. They're at home. They got to beat the Calgary Flames today. So those are two big games. Uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, uh, Kansas City, you know what's interesting? They played in two of the first four Super Bowls, and I think, I guess, they've been in four of the last five. But in between, the 49 in between, not even a sniff. <laughs> so I find well, that kind I of mean, they, I, I, yeah, they didn't get to one. And Richard, thanks for the phone call. We're up against the break here. Uh, but they were always, yeah, there we go. Not a single Gogolak was spilled. Uh, they they were a good team for a long time. They had they had between Marty Schottenheimer and, and the different quarterbacks that they had. They were always kind of a good team. Now they they had some some, some rough times too, but they made up for it. I don't want to hear any complaints from the Chiefs fan base. Chiefs kingdom, get out of here! Can't, everybody has to top everybody else. You this team's universe, this team's kingdom. Get out of here! The power of having that quarterback, man, it's amazing. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. 
It's What I Learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Oh, baby. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. What other show on this station? Weekday, weekend, daytime, nighttime, makes you money. Makes you money. Ivan Tony. I was always a big Ivan Tony fan. Our guy Rod in Bethlehem gave us the, the tip earlier today. Ivan Tony, who plays on some of the Brentford something of the soccer, some league over in Europe. He says, Ivan Tony is going to uh, score a goal today. And sure enough, in the second half, a little while ago, Ivan Tony came through. This is not Kadarius Tony. This is Ivan Tony. He always cashes in. So there you go. It's amazing. Either I bet things and I lose the bet, and I think, ah, why did I bet that? That was so stupid. That was a dumb bet. Or then I win the bet, and I'm like, ah, why didn't I bet more? Ah! But thank you to Rod in Bethlehem. And most importantly, it's the property of the show, right? Rod would not have the ability to get the information out without the show. So I feel like it's the show making you money. Through Rod. Got to give him credit. Harvey hasn't done that yet. You're the big soccer guy, always tweeting out soccer stuff. You never gave me any picks to hit. I'm not a degenerate. Well, what do you want me to be? Why am I giving you picks now? Come on. Yeah. By the way, Rod also gave us uh, Harry Kane. Yep, going to start soon. a little bit later on. Yep. Big game. He plays at 1230, which is right when the show ends today. Big game. Because we moved that we, we got an extra half hour because it's the final show that I'm ever doing in radio. No, uh, just in this time slot. So if you're looking to make some money, if money is not your thing, that's fine. It's not, it's not, you don't have to be what I'm into. I like money. I also love TikTok because I go on that app and I just spend hours just like a zombie, some might say. But I learn such interesting but that uh, useless information. But I make it useful with this incredible segment. How it works, we give Joe, we give Harvey a little airtime. I'll give them four pieces of information, three of which I've just made up. But one of the things is true, and it is something that I've learned this week on TikTok. And can they find what the real thing is? Can they find the truth? Can they decipher truth from fiction? Some are better at it than others. Who's going first today, guys? I'll go first. Harvey is first up. Now, this is the last chance that you're going to play this game for at least a while. I'm sure Dan will take some some time off at some point. Maybe we'll cross paths again at some point down the road. Undetermined time. Are you ready for this? Do you feel any pressure on this one? No, no pressure. No pressure. Ready as I'll ever be. All right. Number one, the guy who started the Crazy Eddie Electronics chain later opened a sports bar and is credited with creating the Sunday Ticket Pay Programming Package. Number two, the architect of Lambeau Field, Benjamin T. Wood, built an apartment for himself in the stadium, and he lived there for 28 years until his death in 1985. Number three, everybody's watching that We Are the World documentary. It was weird that Dan Aykroyd sang on We Are the World, but it's weirder that he sang on the Canadian response, Tears Are Not Enough. And he did so because he was one-quarter Canadian. 
Or number four, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's inauguration than to his own. So to recap, Crazy Eddie, he's the guy who came up with the Sunday ticket. Number two, the architect of Lambeau Field lived in Lambeau Field. Number three, Dan Aykroyd not only sang on We Are the World, but also the Canadian response, Tears Are Not Enough. Or number four, Joe Biden was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's inauguration than his own. Yeah, I'm glad that's the Joe Biden fact, yeah. How so? Could have been anything with, with Joe Biden. Well, let's not, let's, let's be careful. We don't need to, we don't need that. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. Only because I've been wanting to read his book for a while now. Mm-hmm. So, well, audiobook. People right. reading books nowadays. I'm going to go at Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. Lock it in. No, that's incorrect. Crazy Eddie. We came up with the, I came up with that one because the other night I was talking with Chantel, one of the producers on the show, and we were talking about electronics change, uh, tr- chains, and I said, well, there's always that one, right? And, and I brought up Crazy Eddie, and she's like, who's Crazy Eddie? I was like, oh, my God. Who are, oh, I'm working with children here. I'm working with not even adolescents. They don't know who Crazy Eddie is. So that's not true. There is a book about Crazy Eddie, and man, it is a wild ride. Let's just put it that way. Won't spoil, no spoilers. But no, that's incorrect. The guy who does a bar rescue, do you know that show Bar Rescue? Yes. What's his name? John Taffer? Yep. He's the guy who came up with Sunday Ticket. That guy should be in the Mount Rush more than. He should. But he's not. The guy rescues bars and people yeah. on Sundays. We're off the air at twelve thirty. If we can get back to the game, you know what? Give me the um... Lambeau Field, Dan Aykroyd, Joe Biden. Give Those me Dan Aykroyd. Dan or, Aykroyd. Want to rush me now? Yeah, that's also incorrect. No, there is a Canadian song "Tears Are Not Enough," which had a lot of Canadian stars in it. The fact that Canada felt like they had to come up with a response to our song, our song was a response to the. We uh, the, the the British version. What was it? What was the British one? It's a Christmas song. I can't remember. Sure. All right, number uh, we're down to two. Harvey, architect of Lambeau Field, Benjamin T. Wood had an apartment built in there, or Joe Biden. I'm gonna stay true to myself here because no matter what, this is what I do. Okay. I'll go with Lambeau Field. Lambeau Field. Well, Harvey, you are true to yourself. From start to finish. That is incorrect. He stinks. Yeah, Joe Biden was actually born closer to Abraham Lincoln's inauguration than his own inauguration. Left without comment. All right, moving on. Joe, how you doing, pal? I'm doing all right. How's the how's the sinuses? How's the, the patient um, feeling? I'm all good. The patient all, is all You're all, all good. You're all over yep. it now, or are you still good. some residue? No, all good. All good. 100%. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good that Harvey never caught it, and he wasn't down down for any period of time. All right, here we go, uh, Joe. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Number one, when John Lennon was shot and killed, his good friend Keith Richards went home, grabbed his gun, and went searching for the assassin. Number two, while Baskin-Robbins is also known as 31 Flavors, they actually never featured 31 Flavors. Number three, George Washington loved ice cream so much that he wrote an elaborate 18-step recipe for vanilla ice cream, which is preserved in the Library of Congress. 
Or number four, love seats were originally designed for fat people in the 18th century. Wide ranging here. Yeah, we, we run the gamut, baby. That's what we're about. I'm going to go with uh, we'll go George Washington. George Washington loved ice cream. Probably was good because he had no teeth. He had all those those like teeth from other people and horses. But that is incorrect. No. God, you're wrong. He did love ice cream, but he did not come up with an 18-step recipe that's in the Library of Congress. So cross that one off. So we're down to uh, Keith Richards, Baskin Robbins, or Love Seats. I'm going to go Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. Lock it in. That is also incorrect. That is incorrect. They have to have 31 flavors. That would be like uh, false advertising. What's that? You know marketing people. Yeah, they probably, yeah, they would absolutely. There's a disclaimer at the bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so that, that's off. The, there's no ice cream facts here. Cross those two off. So either you're down to Keith Richards or Love Seats. I'm going to go with uh, Keith Richards. All right, lock it in. That is actually correct. Now, I say it's correct because it's based on what Keith Richards says. There's no, there's no, um, there's no evidence. Nobody saw him walking the streets of Manhattan looking for Mark David Chapman. But he says that when he heard the news, he immediately grabbed his gun and went. Can we have that as a movie, please? And it's based on Keith Richards' memory, which I would have to say is sketchy at best. I feel like my memory is sketchy at best, and I'm not living like Keith Richards. If you would have told me when I was 15 years old that I'd be in my 50s and Keith Richards and Ozzy would still still be with us, I mean, thank God they are, but... It felt like when I was 15, they might not make it to 16. They would have been the number one pick in the Deadpool, for sure. Yeah, well, there you go. A little interesting tidbit about uh, Keith Richards and John Lennon. Uh, All right, so now we switch it up. One last, one left. We reverse it this time. Now there are three truths and one lie. So now you have to spot the lie. Are you ready? I'll take that as a yes. All right, here we go. Number one, someone stole William Shakespeare's head. Number two, in 2016, an octopus named Inky escaped from her tank at the National Aquarium of New Zealand, traveled down a 164-foot pipe that led her to the South Pacific Ocean. Number three, if you type Illuminati backwards into your search bar, it takes you right to the NSA's website. Or number four, Uranus has the most moons of any planet in our solar system. I see who you're placating to. Just, I'm just giving you the facts as I find them. So again, recapping. Somebody stole William Shakespeare's, William Shakespeare's head. An octopus named Inky escaped from her tank at the New Zealand National Aquarium and eventually found her way to the ocean. If you type in Illuminati backwards, it takes you right to the NSA. They want to know who these people are. Or number four, Uranus has the most moons of any planet in our solar system. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the, the James Bond movie and go with the octopus. The octopus, okay. 
I don't feel good about this, but uh, I'm going to go against every fiber of my being and follow Harvey with this, with Inky. Inky the octopus. No, that's actually true. Inky the octopus. Octopuses are octopi. They're very, very smart, and they can sense water. So good for Inky. I feel like that's like a Pixar movie. Octopus, at least a short. And Inky was never heard from again. It wouldn't be weird if it was. It turned out Inky was like stuck someplace and never made it to the ocean. They just did, they just misplaced her. Not but, funny, haha. But in the drainage pipe somewhere. Right. Oh, what's this dried up thing? Oh, it's Inky. All right, so that one's out. William Shakespeare's head, Illuminati, or Uranus? I'm going with Uranus. I'm going with Illuminati. All right. Lock him in. One of you is correct. One of you is not correct. Not a surprise. Joe is correct. Yeah, Uranus does not have the most moons. I think Jupiter does. Uranus has 27 moons. There's a lot of moons. But if you type Illuminati in backwards on your search bar, the first thing that comes up is the NSA. And yes, someone did steal William Shakespeare's head. So there you have it, people. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of this segment, whether you want it to or not, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, back to the football, back to the Super Bowl. We still have to do NFL picks. We'll check in and see if Harry Kane has scored his goal. I might use the word skosh another time or two. Who knows? Lots to do still on the Gordon Damer Show. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, it's pond hockey season on Long Island, and ESPN New York wants you, yeah, you, to be part of the action. Head to ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app for your chance to win a 60-minute time slot at the outdoor synthetic rink at the park at UBS Arena. Just scroll down to contests. And submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash Feb, F-E-B, Feb. So there you go. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Usually this would be about the time where we're wrapping up the show, but don't worry. We have an extra half hour. Somewhere somebody's driving. Oh, God, another half hour of this nonsense? No, we have an extra half hour. Good news. Good news. So we still have the leftovers and a a special edition of the leftovers today based on the fact that today is my final time in this time slot. This time slot, 9 a.m. to noon, usually on Saturdays. This is the Dan Grossa show that I'm just kind of filling in for during football season. But in case you haven't noticed, Football season ends tomorrow with the Super Bowl. So we still have to do NFL picks. We still have to, and trust me, I'm running them down. I am, that all that uh, Harry Kane money, or what was the guy's name? Ivan Tony. All that t- Ivan Tony money is, is burning a hole in my pocket. So I have to, I got a bunch of NFL picks for you, some props, who I like in the game, how I'm betting the Super Bowl tomorrow. And I'll just tell you right now, there's a lot, ri- suddenly there's a lot riding on this Super Bowl for me tomorrow. Because in the last uh, week, my family has had an addition to the family. We have adopted, we have rescued a dog, which is now a member of the Damer uh, Molly. I wanted to go with Snooka, but apparently the dog already came with a name. I wanted an, an old school wrestler name. 
the gobbledygooker. So, so, you know, maybe not the gobbledygooker, but Snooker was the first one that jumped out. To, but Molly has joined our family. And why there's pressure on the Super Bowl tomorrow is my wife, this is like a baby. The amount of things that have been added to this house, the Amazon guy already stops here at least once a day. This guy's putting in overtime. This guy's showing up early. He's leaving late. The amount of things that this dog has acquired, this dog has hit the lottery, has hit the lot, the, the, the leashes and the treats and the, the bed. The, we have all these beds around. Well, he needs, she needs a bed in this room. She needs a bed. In, she's sleeping on the couch. She's here a week. She's already up on the couch. So suddenly the investments that I've made and I'm in more pools than harrows these days. A lot riding on what's going to happen tomorrow. But um, I love when people say that they rescued a dog. Like, like there was a mission. Like you went into the woods and you found it. It was trapped some... No, we adopted the dog. Somebody knew and brought it. She's very sweet. Very, and after the last dog we had, which was a purebred weirdo, she is just uh, heaven. Heaven on earth. But the expenses of things treats the toys that it needs a tennis ball the tennis ball is fine the dog doesn't know what the treats are that the, the so i have a lot ride what i'm saying is there's a lot riding on our picks which we will do coming up next